The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences and is suitable for all ages. Hi, my name is Ashan Jackson, otherwise known as Dapper Wombat, and I am the dungeon master and showrunner for the Tales of Adventure Agents of Boo podcast. Tales of Adventure Agents of Boo is a homebrewed third-party TTRPG actual play podcast that has our cast set in a Magitech diesel punk world where they are secret agents tasked to hunt monsters, kill wizards, and get loot. This episode is called Bear Your Fangs. It is the finale episode for the Three Trials arc. This is the last intro arc. Essentially, this has a description of our player characters hunting down a creature that they were assigned in order for them to fully pass their exams. And instead of just being interns for the Bureau of Occultic Observations Hounds Division, this would have them recognized fully as junior agents of the organization. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Adventure, Agents of As always, I am your hostess with the Moses, your sadistic maniac for this evening, and lovely Dungeon Master, Dapper Wombat, here once again with my agents. Hi, agents. Say hello. 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 As always, we have playing the Sly Rogue Pax, Miss Natalie Briggs. Hello, I'm the Changeling Rogue, Pax, and I look like whatever I looked like two sessions ago. Fair enough. Um, then going down the line, we have our residential dragonborn paladin, Cooper Hangs, played by Jared Estrada. What's up? I'm Cooper. Fun fact about Cooper this week. If he was born in the real world, Cooper would be a Leo. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Awesome. So it'd be a lion turtle. Uh, no, that checks, out. that checks out. We have our residential fallen ASMR warlock, Zara Vondance. Hi, everybody. My name is Zara. It's a very pleasure to meet you all and be working with you all again. And last but not least, do I dare tempt fate in the gods once again? I say Don't I be do. a bitch. Don't it be depends. a bitch. Do you actually want to be called a little bitch? Playing the elven ranger from far away, Mr. Roy Ellum, we have Emmett, the zesty, Strozeski. Pause for dramatic effect. Nice. <laughs> um, All right, cool. You we did it. We did it. Hi. Well, I think with all of that being out of the way, it sounds like you all are, let's say, chomping at the bit to uh, finish this up, so... Unless anyone has anything severely they want to plug now, let's get into it, yeah? I'd like to plug being a good person. Oh, yeah, no. Always be a good person. Uh, be kind to your neighbors and uh, stand Don't up to drugs, folks. <laughs> I had to plug in my laptop. Oh, yeah. That, there you go. That works. I yeah. had to plug in my one-night stand. I mean, you didn't have to, but you decided to. What is this? What is this? Not what is this? Dungeons and Daddies? Does nightstand have, like, a power cord on it? <laughs> we can and on that note we jump back into the world of Eos the city of New Darnum and back with our intrepid agents and tales of adventure agents of Boo roll the intro 
last time on Tales of Adventure, Agents of Boo. Our intrepid agents in the middle of their hunt, after Cooper scanning around and finding this necromantic aura, did a little bit more inspecting in the apartment bedroom of Mr. and Mrs. Vexora de Quinn. Upon using his deductive investigation skills, and unfortunately leaving his cell phone at home, he found very interesting things. Number one, that the basket that was knocked over within the within the uh, report, the assortment of small uh, wooden or straw balls in there were sorted and seemed to have a pattern to them, where they all were sorted by color. Number two, what you saw when you kind of looked into the bathroom was there was a faint smell that matched the same that was on the bed where Mr. Vexora de Quinn was murdered. You took your time to open up the vent and realize how small it was. Maybe no more than like a 5-inch by 10-inch 10 10 inch rectangle. And upon noticing, you saw that there were seemed to be handprints on the sides of the vent, as well as a trail of blood that seemed to have been from the top and bottom, almost seeming like the monster was able to squeeze its way through. After finding out this information and once again forgetting, failing his luck check to remember his cell phone, Cooper ran out to find the nearest payphone that he could to alert his friends. As he alerted his friends, first he alerted Roy. Roy told the professor slash ex-monster hunter that he ran into, a Dr. Van Richten, and with the help of Van Richten, all declared and found the true nature of this monster, known as a slipskin hag. This creature primarily stalks at night and steals the breath of its victims, much like its counterpart, the stiff-leg hopping corpse. While this creature gives off a natural, undead, and negative affinity, in most ways it is still very much alive, meaning that it can grow as well as it can also reproduce. You all manage to find its weaknesses where, while it is more... uh, While it is safer in its skin, it has very limited access to its powers and finding ways to counteract that. Another thought that you found scared you, that it seemed to have been this pattern of mass feeding from a period about five to six weeks for about 23 people seemed to match up what you read in the lore about the reproduction cycle and these creatures giving birth to more monsters that they usually have a period of that three to four cycle where they have a mass, or excuse me, three to four week cycle where they have a mass feeding. And you all deduced that this creature probably has a nest somewhere. You also pretty much deduce that because this creature, this creature does not smell while it has its skin on, but it particularly hunts without it. However, if it does steal the skin of a victim, it will use that skin to mimic and manipulate anyone that the victim is close to, and sort of using that mind game to lure its to lure it to more victims. After you all figure out a plan of what to do, you all, Zara, you got the funeral tags as well as the holy salt from the from the mortician, Doctor Ward, at the monastery of Seven Songs. While you were sitting at the table, Cooper, you were able to take a bottle of olive oil that was for the dipping of the bread, 
and turn it into a bottle of holy oil. Once you all got into your positions, a trap was set, and you all proceeded to stake it out and wait. While nothing seemed to have happened the first three rolls, Cooper and Roy managed to hear something and hear this monster coming through. Roy, with hearing this rattling of the pipes as the monster crawled its way in, Cooper, with his senses immediately going off and alerting to him in danger, with him slamming the door open and, for lack of a better turn, catching this creature with its skin down, initiating combat and getting a free strike and free hit on this creature. You all manage to whittle this creature down um, and having it fairly well cornered. The creature tried to run away first, casting a stinking cloud, but Cooper used his steam breath to pressurize and therefore use that heat to clear the rest of the, uh, to clear this effect. Not doing any damage to the creature, but negating this stinking effect. With the monster getting ever so desperate, and with Zara handing Miss Vexora de Quinn the bottle of holy water, Miss Vexora de Quinn booked it out of the apartment and just ran as fast as she could, screaming into the night. This alerted the monster, and seeing that it was back was at a wall, used its massive, uh, its powerful hind legs to jump back, shattering the glass and taking a 30-foot fall in order to find a way to escape. Roy, clinging himself, or, uh, clicking himself back into the rope, managed to rappel down and get off a couple of shots, while Cooper, in uh, an effort to make sure this monster didn't get away, jumped out the window to slash at the creature and catch himself on his shield to minimize the fall damage. Pax coming in with the last, hoping to get a shot that could ring true, mortally wounding the creature, but not felling it completely. As you all scramble to pull out the tags and slap it on this creature to get it to remain a noble, the creature saw an opportunity to go into a sewer grate, and you saw it jump and its body twist and conform and fit and sloop down and squeeze in this very small space, seemingly disappearing into the sewer system below. And that is where we're going to pick up game now. So, I would say after all this happened, it's probably about, it's probably about like 30 seconds after you all saw this creature just completely disappear through this storm. You all do know that you have this creature on the ropes. It is heavily wounded. Um, however, it has escaped. As well as you also do know that Miss Vexora de Quinn has went off screaming in the night trying to alert the guards. While she is doing that, you still have no idea where she went because you were more focused on trying to rightfully try to eliminate the threat. So, I ask all of you, in this moment of brief pause, what do you all wish to do? Do we chase it, or do we protect Alice? Well, well, here's the thing. Don't we have the number to the... Um... Well, I think we need to protect her, but I also think we need to collect that skin so it doesn't come back for that. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. What do we, what do we think? Should we... I just want to say, collecting skin is not a phrase I'd ever thought I'd say. <laughs> Only in D&D, baby. 
Well, so here's the question then. Who can see the farthest? Imagine a ranger. Yeah, probably. so would you think you might be able to spot him then? I'm trying to think. That's very possible. This this is just me thinking out loud, not in uh, character right now. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, I should be able to, yeah. All right. And then... I got 60-foot dark vision. Well, um, how about this then? What if we did the um, old scouting in the... Uh, so area, you find like a high point to look, and then somebody grabs the skin, and comes back, and just to see if we get a, like a sense of a general direction. If one of us goes down there, we don't have to chase it, but at least this way we're still in the area. I think we could probably use the skin because whatever, like wherever it kept the skin, or wherever it would, it would probably keep the skin near it, in case it needed to put it on. But since it left it behind, we might be able to figure out where its nest is by going up to the skin and examining it, see if there's any, like... See if there's any clues from that? All right. Yeah. So I think I think we just have to let it go, cut our losses, and let it get back to the nest. Yeah. All right. Let's do nothing. So now I'm going into character. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. So what is the plan just to make sure, from what I've heard, and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys are going to find a vantage point within the sewer to see if you guys can kind of track where it went. But it seems like you guys are going to cut your losses for the time being and recover the skin and see if you can do a, a little bit of reconnaissance to maybe guesstimate where this lair might be. Is that correct? I, I think we should also split up there. The reconnaissance was for to see if we can identify where the woman ran off to. Yeah. That was okay. the that was the sniper's job. <laughs> Oh, I think we should split up and do that. Um, okay, cool. I mean, I'm down for just checking the sewer real quick, though, just to see if there are any tracks that we might be able to easily follow. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. I, could probably, I could probably lift the grate up. Yeah. I'll grab the skin then. Yeah, you can go grab the skin, and I'll lift the grate up so Roy can just get a quick look in there. Okay, cool. So, Cooper, Roy, you guys are going to go do your reconnaissance. You're lifting up the grate so Roy can look in. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Zara, you're going to go grab the skin. Yep. Hex, is there anything that you would like to do? I guess I'll go get the skin with Zara, probably, because I don't have dark vision or anything. Okay. All right. Sounds good then. I will resolve with Cooper and Roy first, because that's gonna it's not gonna take a whole lot a whole lot of time. Cooper, I won't even have you guys roll perception checks because you all are technically out of danger and it's fairly easy to see. You do see probably about 15 or so feet. Uh, out in like the middle of the street there's like a manhole covered proper again this grate is probably about like the same size as the grate that you guys found in the bathroom so it's like the those one of those side sewer drains you know what i mean like that collect the rainwater to help uh, get that out of the street but you do see a manhole proper uh, about 15 to 20 feet away so let's go so you go over Cooper, are you just ripping this manhole cover up with your bare hands? Are you thinking about using some sort of tool to kind of aid you? What do you think? I'm going to use Leonard's sword to kind of like prop it open. Okay. I will say you're going to be using that as a crowbar. Fortunately, it is magical, so you don't have to worry about it breaking. Well, I guess you would have it in its scabbard, so that would make the most sense. So yeah, go ahead and make me a strength check with advantage, because you're using it like a crowbar. 18. 18, okay. You... It takes you... It takes you just a couple of seconds. It's not only the fact that it's heavier than you imagine, but also trying to wedge it in there and trying to get that momentum and kind of get that focal point. But you manage to flex it a little bit, and you're able to get it enough where you can use your hands to scoot it just a little bit off the cover. 
enough for Roy to quickly sip through as you do see it. I'll do like a half slide down, go halfway down the ladder and see what I see. Okay. You go halfway down, slide the ladder. I would allow you to either make a investigation, a perception, or a survival check. Alrighty, I think I will go perception. Okay. No, I'm going to use my fine-tuned sensibility to re-roll that check. Ooh, okay. Uh, that's cock. <laughs> it's the same freaking number. <laughs> uh, nine. I have really good survival as well, so can I do one? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you would like to make your own, you're welcome to, or if you want to give Roy the help action, you can. Give Roy the help action. I believe in him. Give him some positive words of encouragement. I just put my hand on his shoulder in a trusting way, saying that I believe in him. Okay, yeah. Then, Roy, I'll allow you to re-roll that with advantage. Wow. That, uh, 12. 12 total? Even with the yeah. fine-tuned senses? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. With a little bit more encouragement, you know that the situation is dire, but, man, it's this weird thing with, like, the tight spaces get you a little spooked. But yeah. Cooper manages to calm you down a little bit, and you take a look. You do not see any signs of this creature, per se. However, as you're looking down you do see what appears to be a small thing bobbing on the water. And as you look at and use the street light to get a little bit more illumination as it comes into view of the manhole, you see what appears to be a floating small creature of some kind. Maybe it was a rat, or at the very least it has the muscle and skeletal structure of a rat because you see that it is floating on the top of the water skinless. All right, well, it seems to be eating to gain some health, which is not a good time. So we know it definitely came down this particular way, but I, I don't see anything leading in a particular direction. As a character who, like, really knows nothing as far as, like, we, like, I feel like based on who my character is, would he know anything about sewers? Based on who Cooper is based off of? Yeah, yeah, you know what? I would say go ahead and make me a history check. At the very least, I don't think you yourself would be familiar with sewers, but you could remember a time, especially since your deceased uncle, Sir Leonard, spent a lot of time here in New Darna. And while they did tell you stories about the days that they did have to survive and lay low in a sewer for a matter of like a good couple of months. So yeah, I'd allow you to make just a straight history check. 15. 15? Nine. 19. Nice. Okay. You look and you help Roy back in. This all flashes back into your mind a story that Sir Leonard was telling you back in their more like glory adventure days about how they did have to stake out and stay in a sewer, laying low, but also hunting down and running into this weird like squid person drug crime ring. What you remember your uncle telling you was that. What's interesting about New Darnham is because it's a mega city, the tunnels are a lot bigger to carry a little bit more waste and a little bit more water. The smell that would usually happen, unless it's for like the heavier reserves and stuff, the smell is muted because they have prestidigitation magic to kind of neutralize that. But the other thing that is interesting to you is that the sewers, or at the very least for New Darnham, they use gelatinous cubes which are these monstrous dissolving slimes that are found naturally in the world, but they make very great decomposers, and basically anything it touches, it's highly acidic and it dissolves away. 
So they have them run around loose in the sewers to help clear out debris, help clear out any unwanted waste and pest, but they're mindless, so they just sort of wander on their own. So you would gather that that would be the biggest threat that you would find in these sewers, but there's ways to kind of help neutralize that. But also, that would mean that this creature needs to be somewhere where these gelatinous cubes just don't normally. These things can be big to about like medium size. So this creature probably has an alcove somewhere that leads somewhere, or like somewhere in the sewer, but not in this actual sewer proper. And probably uses the tunnel ways to get a better uh, movement around the city. Okay. I will relay that information to Roy, but I'm also like, I think we should meet back up with everybody so we can like give this information out. Okay. So, but I'm gonna let Zara and Pax examine the uh, scan to see if there's any clues on that. Okay, cool, cool. Then yeah, uh, you guys pack that up and you guys are gonna go up and meet with Pax and Zara. Pax and Zara. By this point, you guys have gone back into the room and you see where this creature just dropped it. You see that the skin, it is about dwarven size. You see the, the skin there. Do any of you go up and touch it or what do you do? I would like to actually do something with it using my light okay. cantrip. Okay. So with the light cantrip, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it can also choose like the colored light that I want, right? Yeah, I can. Can I choose like the color for a black light? Oh, interesting. You want to do like a UV light for it? Yeah, just to see if different lights react to it to give us a hint about temperature wise or anything that might indicate like or show like luminescence based off of light reactions. Oh, okay. All right. I like this idea because this is a little bit out of the normal of what the light spell could do, but I, I see the logic behind it, so I like this. Go ahead and just make me a arcana check to manipulate the spell a little bit, but I'll say that the DC... I'll put the DC at 12. So you have to roll a 12 or higher. Okay, well, it was 14, but yeah, I didn't add any. Yeah, and so what does it look like when you summon this UV light spell? I hold up my hand over the skin and I say this word, invoke. And then I just... And I, it starts bright first, and mm -hmm. then if Pax is watching, I tilt my hand a little bit just to, to adjust and the light starts to change a little bit. Okay. What do you think? Does this look more like the UV light that we want to see? Are you asking Pax? Yep, <laughs> exactly. But... Tell me if you see anything. Okay, I'll keep an eye out to see if I see anything. If you can just adjust and stretch out the skin a bit, so that way we can see all of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's some oven mitts over there in the kitchen if you need to. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, Pax is doing that. I'm just going to kind of like try to hold the skin so that they can go over it. Sean, this is the worst monster you've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It's the grossest one he's ever made. And we've only just begun. Pax, you do grab the skin and it feels, uh, it feels weird because it does feel like a mix of skin and rubber. And like with the hair and stuff on it, you're uh, okay. But I'm like, I'm professional. So you lay it out. Do you lay it out where its belly would be or where its back would be? Well, we'll just do one side then the other. Okay, um, yeah. We'll just lay it prone first. Yeah, you lay it on your on its belly first because there's definitely a, a large slit in the back where a slip skin could potentially just kind of slip into it. If you all are looking, I would say either both of you can give me 
a investigation check. Zara, because you're using it with the UV light, I would give both of you advantage. Or if one of you wants to make an investigation check, you would get advantage, but for the UV light, that means I would just lower the DC. So which would we like to do? Can I add the plus five to my passive investigation? Sure. Instead of you guys getting advantage, then you could just add the plus five to it. So, yeah. So if you all would like to roll. Okay, cool. Uh, Pax, did you also want to roll as well? I'll just let them do it. Okay. Since I'm I'm, I'm like focusing on not like gagging, I'm just trying to hold this thing out (laughs) for him. I'm just like, fair enough. But yeah, you, Pax, as you're kind of holding this thing out, you see Zara's eyes focused and narrow as you see that he is also getting in the zone and very serious. Zara, with a 22, what sort of things are you looking for in particular? Any particulates or any kind of like debris that might suggest that, because certain like gravels or anything like that can also be pertained to a different type of area, depending on where you are in sewer wise because of where water runs. So you can kind Mm -hmm. of narrow down where it is based off of those little environmental factors. Right if some of them can react to any type of light difference or temperature change, like Mm -hmm. UV or um, infrared, that's pretty much what he's looking for. If anything reacts to any of those color, subtle color changes, or if he can see it based off of the light that he's emitting. Okay, dope, dope, yeah. Okay, Pax, can you turn it to the right a little bit? (laughs) Maybe, maybe to, and can you lift up its arm? Yeah, Pax is just like, (laughs) being a, a human crane toy. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. As Pax, you're moving it through, and Zara, you're kind of investigating on, like, these weird uh, colored splotches on the body that kind of light up uh, with a bright, uh, like, a bright white, signifying that it's a sort of stain. With your... I'll say that you can also, like, detach your light spell from your hand a little bit, just to give you a full view. And so you basically pull out your small little, like, forensics kit, and you kind of oh, take a little baggie and a... Um, and a scraper, and you scrape a little bit of this. The largest spot that you see is on its stomach slash pectoral area on its left side, and you can scrape it just a little bit to get enough. You kind of hold the baggie up to the light. You see that is this uh, red line, but it's not red like a blood. It almost kind of like reminds you of the color of clay. As Pax is still probably holding up the skin, I show her. Do you see this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I see it. What does that What does that tell us? Well, clay in this city, unfortunately, is actually very hard to come by. Over the infrastructure years, there's only a few select places that actually would have it underground. We can use this actually to narrow out its search. I was gonna say it seems more fortunate than unfortunate. I think the most challenging part is that we might have to find Miss Vexor to Quinn. And unlike the event, we might find the monster first. Quick question, though. Do you still have that rice? Or any more of it? Yep. I, I have alphabet soup noodles, actually, but I still have it. That'll work. I think we can start our other plan. Trailing it. Okay. Sounds good to me. Let's take the skin with us, just in case. I didn't bring a big enough bag, so I think you might just have to carry it. Let me see if I can get some gloves, though. If not, then I have tongs <laughs> in the kitchen. Gross. Just all gross. Nothing but gross. <laughs> no, thank Roy, you. Roy and Cooper, you, you all come back 
you all walk in as Pax and Pax and Zara are having this conversation. Will we have time for a short rest? Uh, yeah, I would say that you all have time for a short rest. Oh, during that short rest, then, can is there like a map somewhere that we can pull up? Or, uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can you can pull up a map. Zara, both you and Pax have lived in the city here long enough that you guys only really need like a general map. But yeah, right. if you guys if you want to do that and take your short rest, you can do so. Your short rest basically means if you got injured, you can expend your hit die to regain that amount of HP equal to the number on the die rolled plus your constitution modifier. I don't have to roll. I didn't take damage. <laughs> I'll say a part of this investigation, while you guys are still on the clock, it's not as threatening of a danger. Um, but after you guys kind of get this and kind of take a breather, um, you do hear the sirens of the city guard and see the blue and gold lights blinking outside. And it sounds like a couple of patrol cars are coming to the apartment. Well, I'd say that's our cue. <sighs> All right, let's grab everything we can, because otherwise they're going to want it. Can't let them use it right now. So we're gonna have to hide the skin. Well, we're taking the skin. Yeah. So, anybody got something big enough to put it in? I mean, I'm sure she has a tote bag somewhere. Just roll it up. So it's not that big. No, plus, oh, um. It's still dwarf size. As gross as it is, it also still is skin, so you can, like, mush it up and put it somewhere. Put it in. Yeah. As we mush it, you just hear this noise. Oh. <laughs> it's still very uncomfortable handling this thing. Come on, Cooper. No, Come on, Cooper. You have to push with your hands, not your fingers. Well, technically, Cooper doesn't have skin. He has scale, so this doesn't bother yeah. him. There we go. You're like, ah, oh, this is fine. Yeah. Work it like a dough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You managed to put the skin away. Put it in Zara's bag. You guys were able to find, like, a plastic-like grocery bag where you're able to kind of stuff and hold it for evidence. <laughs> There we go. That works. That's horrible. It just says New Darnham Farmer's Market. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by New Darnham Farmer Market. If it's not fresh, it's not New Darnham. Uh, so yeah, you guys see all that and you hear the sounds and you hear Miss Alistair uh, Vex, uh, Vexora de Quinn uh, talking outside with a city guard. And you hear it's like they were they were here and and it's like all right all right ma'am ma'am man you hear like the sound of a, a guard trying to kind of like calm her out the window at least uh, you know, uh, she's safe i'm pretty sure out the window <laughs> out the window her rooftop hopping and i'm pretty sure this is not gonna go well so i'm gonna close the elevator <laughs> i'm gonna lock the elevator okay <laughs> okay rooftop hopping it is stairs okay people. cool all right, dope. I won't have you all roll for it, but where would you all like to get back to? The store that they left out, unless that's guarded. I think we want to just get to the next, like... Actually, yeah, I have that. Let's do the roof first, and then I'll show you all the map so that way we can get to a different sewer point. Okay, cool. Yeah, we get to a sewer point where there is, like, where we it's know they're most likely we're closer to clay, that clay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you guys do a little bit of hardcore parkouring across the rooftop, maybe about a good couple of blocks away, just to make sure that you got to give them a, a wide enough berth, especially with Zara uh, locking the elevator kind of give, gives them gives y'all enough time. All right, so we're going to go ahead and make a ride on this street. We're going to have to yep. hop onto this roof over here. I'm a rooftop hopping, I do tell them, like, 
like hey you know like these sewers would have like the gelatinous cube and blah 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 this and that so that the creature would probably be somewhere it wouldn't be like with the clay but that it wouldn't have to worry about the cubes as much oh then yeah. i stop everybody for a second well wait a minute that actually narrows it down yeah so zara go ahead and make me a survival check with advantage and i would allow you to roll using your intelligence modifier instead of your wisdom because this is less trying to see the signs and more trying to analytically put the pieces together. All right, so 15. 15, okay. You think you're like, that actually helps out a lot because the deposits that you were talking about, the red clay deposits, those were particularly like, there's one in the green, the Golden Lantern District, which is more of like the, their fantasy equivalent of like the red light district there's one in the golden scroll which is like the massive mega university of new darnham and then you have a couple others scattered away but when cooper says that you instantly think of a couple of places but they're all grouped together in the same place there is yep. a spot in the industrial uh in the industrial side of the city where some of the merchant guilds have kind of fallen onto hard times and had to close down some of their factories. One of them in particular, you know, is they're usually abandoned at night and most of the time it's fairly quiet except for some workers. But you know one in particular that is abandoned but also has a major sewer line that connects right below. Because they used to do a lot of um, like mineral purifications, and so they needed a lot of they need a lot of space for that to dump the residue minerals safely into the sewers. Because of that, it's right over here. Plus, secluded, it probably does make a good place to give birth. What do y'all think? I think that's the first place we're heading. Yeah, that works for me. All right. Okay. We're not that far. Yeah, from where you all are here. Um, you can continue to jump from your rooftops up to a certain point. Um, there is a part where you do have to kind of get off and either walk or maybe like take take the new Darnum, the overhead rail line, and essentially get off in like two to three stops. But it doesn't take you more than like 25, 30 minutes until you're able to get to where you are and you kind of wander around a little bit and you are able to find this abandoned factory. And, you know, on the outside, it does have, like, the chain link fence. It has, like, the no trespassing. But you do see that there is, is this large L-shaped building, but you do see that a massive part of this roof is just collapsed in. The windows seem to be, like, uh, shattered out um, and it is quiet. You don't see any lights inside. What is illuminated is around the perimeter and just kind of the overall dust the mage light, uh, the mage street lights that just kind of dot every row of the city. But it is quiet. Oh. Pax, how many of those noodles do you have? I'd say like a, a regular size box. Like if you bought like a box of macaroni, it's that, but yeah. except for like alphabet noodles. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Maybe we should start placing it inside once we get there, so that way if it does try to escape again, it'll at least see it. I just brought a box of Cheerios. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter as long as it's countable. Although, I don't know if it's empirical counting or if it has to be in... And <laughs> we're just going through this. <laughs> as, as Zara's walking, everybody's just walking by him. He's just talking, everybody's just like... Does it have to be numerical or does it have to be empirical counting? Let me do some calculations here. <laughs> does it matter? 
Of no, course for, for Zara's sake it matters. <laughs> no matter what, they're going to have to organize it in some fashion, and either way, it's probably going to take roughly the same amount of time. Right. We can find out after they start doing it. Sure. Zara's still counting on his fingers. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, as Zara's still counting, lost in his own world a little bit, I'm going to need the marching order. How do you all wish to file into this building? Are you all trying to, like, hop the fence, try and find a gate? What do you all think? I'm pretty sure just go through the front. <laughs> I was okay, like, cool. Let's <laughs> try the front door. Yeah, <laughs> Why don't we just knock yeah. this time? Okay. Woohoo, housekeeping. <laughs> you all are able to find the main gate. You see that it is a wrought iron gate that has the uh, split of the iron bars. Um, there is a large, heavy padlock on the on the gate. Could I use an sword magic to try to slice through the lock? Uh, to slice through it or to slice through the chain? The chain itself, yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and make me an attack roll, yeah. As you all see, Cooper puts away his axe and with one hand kind of pulls out this beautiful uh, blue-wrapped katana with his gold guard. Katana is a, a dexterity weapon, right? Yes. And that is a 19. 19, okay. It is a chain, so it's not that hard to hit. Go ahead and roll damage for me. It is going to be 1d8 plus your dexterity mod. Next damage plus 1, 9. 9, okay. You, in one motion, as this thing strikes, you all kind of get a, a whiff, like sea salt almost, as like a water jet. This thing cuts through, and you see that the blade is just dripping with a little bit of like, water coming off the blade. Um, but you hear that the chain falls and thuds and clangs on the floor. And that you can push the gate open and now it is it is open. Zara just looks down. I think this counts as breaking and entering. I'm gonna have to file a report. Hold on. Where's my binder? I don't look for it now. Oh, that's right. I'll file it later. Okay. Okay. Should me and Pax sneak in just a little bit further ahead? Yeah, we can scout. Okay. You all want to scout first? Yeah. Yeah, we can go scout in. Cooper and Zara, are you guys going to stay out here and kind of let them go in? Are you all going to kind of go at the same time, but let Pax and Pax and Roy uh, go in just a little bit further in than you all are? Yeah, I want to let them be ahead, but like, well, still tag close enough. Yeah, like, still close enough that, that we're in shouting distance, but if they want to sneak, we don't inhibit that. Okay. All right, sounds good. As you see Pax and Roy, you both look at each other and you go in. As you kind of get up, you all kind of saddle uh, on either side of the door. Both of you just kind of take a gentle hand and, shh, and push the door to the factory proper open and kind of go in. Can I get stealth checks from the both of you? No, you cannot. <laughs> oh man, that's such a shame. Roy <laughs> died? How did this happen? No. <laughs> I stepped on what now? <laughs> oh, he, oh man, oh Roy, you stepped on a rusty nail. Ooh, that's a lot of damage. Ooh, I um, haven't gotten my tetanus shot. Only we get vaccines. Now I've got super tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have to fill out the medical report when you first sign in. That's better than what I thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to be like, oh Roy, the roof caves in and that counts as falling rocks. <laughs> so yes, Roy Pax, what did you all get? I got a 23. 14. 14. Okay. Roy, you're still a little bit out of your element. Again, it's not because you're not good at what you do, but 
again, is just trying to get used to this, like, urban environment. Pax, you are just, like, in your element, and just like your parents trained you, you just, like, easily slip into the shadow. As you all get in, you do see that this factory has two floors. You see that the second floor, however, it's less of an actual floor and more of a walkway. You do see that up in the corner, maybe about 80 feet up is like a small box that you would assume is like an overseer's office that has a good view of the entirety of this factory. Or other than that, this factory seems to be very open and you do see giant rusted out bits and vats of machinery that kind of dot in various levels of decay. They seem to have been maybe, like I said, some sort of chemical, some sort of mineral treatment, but at the very least these containers were heavy and sturdy enough and metal to rust over. You see spots of like other parts of equipment that were probably either just destroyed or just removed as they were much easier to remove than these giant bats. But it's enough where you guys can get a good distance to see each other, but you do see that it is set up in like some sort of grid. How far in would you all like to go? This overall length, I would say, is probably about 120 feet. I would say if there's like an entry hall or something, like go to the end of it, have them catch up. Okay. Before going too far into the main room. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I would say with that, you guys will be able to get into the engine room. And then when you all see that they are able to catch up, that's when you all open the doors and see the this factory. Where the hole was that you saw on the outside, there is a giant glob of moonlight shining in from this hole in the ceiling. So what do? Uh, you guys are here. Are you wanting to stealth and see if you can see anything more? Are you all just going to kind of fan out and search for clues? What are we doing? I think we should go forward just a little bit more. Okay. At least like 50 feet or so. Okay. Does that sound out to you? Yeah. Uh-huh. We are trying to get down into the sewers though, right? We're not trying yeah. to... Yeah, okay. All right. Go ahead and make me another stealth roll, please. Weirdly enough, not proficient in stealth. Oh, I got a 16. Nice. Eight. Okay. (laughs) Once again, like, Pax, you're like, okay, cool. I got this. I've got this. I'm going through, going through. And you hear clink, clink as, like, Roy, you kind of like, ah, shit. Did you, like, stumble over a piece of, a piece of rebar that was kind of sticking up that kind of catches on your, uh, catches on your boot a little bit and you kind of stumble. But that doesn't seem to have alerted anything except you see, like, a couple of scuttling and some rats and maybe, like, some birds that made made their nest but it doesn't seem to be anything threat or danger. both of you also make me a perception check by the way pax you just hear in your brain whoops <laughs> okay but like i don't use my mouth at all i just look at you and go whoops okay didn't know we could talk to each other's brains oh it's one way yeah well yeah i assume it usually is nine. nine on perception yeah hey you kind of exchange that look and you're it's kind of hard to see a little bit like even with this moonlight coming in the biggest thing again is like because you guys are on the ground and these cooler towers are maybe like a good 15 to 18 feet tall so it's kind of like trying to maneuver around and not get being able to get a full vantage um but you don't see anything worth of note as of yet um 
for Zara and Cooper, you both are 50 feet away from Pax and Roy. Is there anything that you all would like to do? It's kind of slowly walking through, um, seeing if there's any other, like, potential places this thing could be hiding or maybe even maybe anything that, like, could be used, like, keep it from getting away again. Question for the DM. Yes? Would we still have some of the rice left from the uh, mixture? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say, because I I know Pax has the the box of alphabet soup noodles, but also you did just get, like, a small bag of rice. So I still have... I also still have, like, the uh, pieces of my mask, like, my uncle's mask ripped up. So I basically just sprinkle some rice at the entrance that we came from, just as a safety precaution to be like, it tries to go out this way. Any entrances that's basically that I'm looking for, I'm just putting or sprinkling some rice there. Okay. Anything that I think we can squeeze through. Yeah, dope, dope. You basically go through your routine and like essentially kind of locking all of the exits that you can see. Cooper, are you also kind of doing that too and just kind of like helping uh, point those out as well? Yeah, just kind of pointing out any exit routes it might have and just let him sprinkle rice and stuff down. Okay, cool. Both of you, go ahead and give me a perception check as well. 13. I still don't add anything, but I rolled a natural 18, so... Okay. Zara, you're still focused about putting down and making sure you're covering all these exits. Obviously, there's not much that you can do about the, the hole in the ceiling. Cooper, you're being a bit more intuitive as you're going through. Um, as you do, though, when you step a little bit, uh, step away, you feel a soft squish underneath your foot. And as you jump back and get a little bit of light and see, um, you see that it is the same style of uh, what happened with this rat, except that it seems to be more uh, more in the stage of, decompo- of, of decomposition. That's nasty. Yes, but it does fit the same MO of of the rat patterns. So we know it's here somewhere now. Mm-hmm. For sure. I relay that information to Zara just to, so we could like, because obviously I don't have my cell phone. Yeah, okay. but yeah, you're you're close enough to Zara that you'd be able to, you don't yeah. be able to tell him. Going back to Pax and Roy, you guys are about fifty, still about fifty feet out. Um, you're about halfway through this factory. Is there anything else you guys would like to do, or are you guys still trying to stealth your way down to the... I don't know if we still need to be stealthing. We should at the very least head back to them. But, yeah, let's just regroup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you regroup. You see that both Zara and Cooper are laying down the rice and, like, the other things for this creature at at most of the exits that you can see. Cooper, do you point out the thing that you found when you were walking? Yes. Okay, yeah. You all do see, and Roy, this matches the same thing that you saw when you looked in the sewer. Let me get this straight. You both found this in the sewer? Something akin to that, yeah. Mm. Did you say it was fresh? No, this one looks like it's in a more advanced stage of decomp. Yeah. yeah. Then is it possible that our nest is up here? It is. I mean, it's been here for a while, so I would say about five days. I mean, for decomp like this, I mean, anything could have gotten to it, even the bacteria around here, or even the rust. So, yeah, it would still be around here. Um, make me a survival check, Roy. All right. 14. 
14, okay. What Zara says rings true, that this decomposition is about five to six days old. However, you still think that that means this is almost kind of like littering outside of its house. So you would still think that its nest is still somewhere underground. It's just that this probably seemed to have been maybe like a quick snack that I was able to get. Because you look and you see that in the night, uh, this would still give it enough shade. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to go hunting during the day unless it really wants to with the, with the skin. You would gather if you could probably find more of these and find more piles of these scattered somewhere, then that would give you a good inclination as to where this creature now, I have a question. Yeah. I thought that this creature, like, fed on breath. Yes, it did. Okay. But we're seeing all of these things that have no skin. Yes. I feel like what he's saying is that it can twist and contort its size to even use, like, the skin of a rat. Pax, I would say make me an arcana check. Okay. So I want to give it two to Oh, man. They're trying to hope to catch him in saying it. It's only a nine. Nine? Okay. That's still five. I would say that with what Cooper said that is also correct, that it could squeeze into that. Moreover, you think actually, because even though it can squeeze into these small spaces, it itself is not considered a small or a tiny creature. It still has to be considered a medium creature. That it could be essentially like how a hunter gathers pelts from animals to make a cloak or make a coat out of. Oh, that's what I was worried about. Mm-hmm. Especially because these rats are small enough, they seem to be easier for it to catch as like a quick meal. It wouldn't be anything that would give it a lot of energy back, but it's something quick and easy that it could, you know, kill, uh, for lack of a better term, suck and shuck. <laughs> it's making an R.O.U.S. suit. This is terrible. That's kind of what you get. Okay. Oh boy. What's oh boy? Yeah, I definitely re- I relay that. Shut and suck was actually the name of Cooper's high school play. Zara has no idea what this term means. So yeah, you guys are doing that. Anybody wish to do something else? You want to go further in? See what you can see? Yep. Let's just probably going in. Fan <laughs> out a little okay. bit and check to see where the drainage areas are. Right. Okay. How far out are you guys spreading? Are you spreading out like 10 feet apart, 15 feet, 25? Are you guys trying to stay within like your movement speed of each other? Yeah, let's stay in movement speed. To me, an interest in the sewer is going to be somewhere probably more in the middle of the room than like off to the edges. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys go through and you spread out a little bit, making sure that you're able to like stay within moving speed of each other. Go ahead, everybody, once again, make me either a perception check, investigation, or survival. Whichever one that you feel that your character is better at. How many times can I actually add this passive thing? This passive insight or passive investigation? Your passive investigation? Well, this would be something active. So 14. 14? Okay. Well, my dice rolled on the floor, but it was still a 16, so that comes out to a 19 total for perception. Okay, 19 total. 14 perception. 14, okay. Dirty 20 for survival. Dirty 20 for survival, okay. I would say between Cooper and Pax, you all are looking around. Pax, you do notice would appear to be, as you kind of get closer, you do see another rat that's like that. But once again, it's still about like the same decays, about three to four days. And you pointed out to the rest of the party, 
Cooper, you with Roy creep up and you kind of see if you can follow the tracks. And it seems now as you're getting closer, every three steps, there's a rat like that until you all get to the center of this of this spot as you look it seems to have been an area where it has this like almost like it seems like these large machines that if you pulled the chain it kind of like had a mechanism that held some sort of liquid that you could just kind of pour out but you do see that it has a cross trough in the middle as well as a square filter steel gate where all of that water would just filter in and go out. So it's a bit indented in the floor, so it has a little bit of a slope to it. But you do see along the edges of that slope, and again, you don't see a whole bunch of these rat carcasses, but you do see a lot more, and especially uh, plattered around that entryway. Say, please never say the word rat carcasses ever again. Fine corpses. I'm fine with rat corpses, but the carcass makes it so... Well, that's the actual term, though, is carcass. But I will relay that information to everybody and let them know what I see. And Okay, yeah. You all see that, and you see that this... And again, it's not a big divot. You might have to slide just a little bit, but you guys would be in a small indent. So can we go down, though? Or... Can we go down it? Okay, yeah. You guys will be able to go down. Oh, yeah. I just to make a joke. Down. I just want to make a joke, not saying like, oh, I do go down. I was like, we go down and the monster pops up like, hey, hey you've realized my secret plan and tries to drown us in cement. <laughs> well, it's actually concrete. concrete. If I put you up against a cement elemental, that'll be the case. But, but yeah, you guys kind of go in and you see this grate that appears to be bolted down on three of the four sides. You see that one of the corners seems to be bent up a little bit and the the plate that these bolts could anchor into seems to be really rusted. So you would have enough leverage to pull but, uh, at it, but again, it, there's no manual hatch, so you would have to, like, force this thing open. I'll open it. Okay, you can go ahead and get yourself some leverage. Go ahead and give me a strength check with advantage. Oh, it's easy as paper. It's a dirty 20. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's almost like one of those grates that you would see in the, the steam vents that you would see in the city that have those and like when you would sometimes just see that like drop of water and stuff that's yeah. essentially it but you do see that there is water there there doesn't seem to be any ladder any way to get down but yeah you uh pop off the grate and you do see this pool of water maybe about 10 to 15 feet below then it's only 10 feet then probably yeah. just jump down <laughs> okay is everybody jumping down i'm following suit mm. okay I can, uh, I'll tie off a rope, make sure we can climb back out. And is it just okay. dark or something? Or Yeah, you can see a little bit of light. The reason why you can see is brown waters, because you do get that light, that nice illumination of the light from the hole in the ceiling. Oh, okay. You probably assume that it's probably dark. Oh, because I have dark vision for like 120 feet, that's why. Okay, cool. Roy, you tie a rope down, you kind of get your harness in settled. Um, do you just want to rappel down? Does everybody just want to like climb down since Roy set up the rope? I mean, I'll just support people on their way down. Like they can just hop and then I'll just like pour on their hips so that way they can land down softly. Okay, cool. Yeah, you be anchor as you let everybody kind of rappel down one by one. Then you yourself rappel down. I make Zero struggle and hold me. I make him work for it. <laughs> okay. This is arm day for Zero. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Cooper, Cooper's a big boy. Damn, boy. 
You thick. <laughs> How deep is this water? Um, it's probably about like half deep. Okay, I'm fine then. I'm aquaphobic, that's why I asked. Yeah, no, that's fine. But you do see that as you kind of get in through that this tunnel is pretty big. So Roy, even though you're underground, your claustrophobia isn't going to kick in. You feel as though you have enough room at the very least to kind of like reach up your hands and stuff. Okay, I get it. You all are now here. You do see a couple of these rat corpses of decay floating. Okay, everybody, real quickly, make sure you have your talismans out. You guys are almost at like at a T junction. So there's a tunnel to your left, a tunnel to your right, and a tunnel straight ahead. If you all would like to make me a survival, once again, the good old classics, perception, investigation, or survival check to figure out where to go next, you may do so. I rolled an 18 on survival for Cooper. By the way, Ashan, you missed the chance for the cement elemental to be a Ella cemental. Oh, don't worry. It'll, it'll still be there. I have plans. Um, but okay, so that's an 18 for Cooper. What's there, what did everyone else get? 14 survival. 14 survival, okay. So it just 18. That wasn't a zero. All right, uh, sorry. Weirdly, um, I also got an 18. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. But I'll go ahead and investigate, because I don't think anyone's investigated yet. Okay, dope. Dope. Um, you can do that. Um, while you all are going through, once again, Coop and Pax, you all see what appears to be and you have enough light where you're able to kind of manage through. But you do think if you go further on, Pax, because you don't have dark vision, you're going to need some sort of light source. But you all do manage to see the tunnel on the right to you. You see what appear to be handprints on there. And that seem to have been, uh, you can go up, you see that it is almost like a dried blood. But it seemed to be leading further down into the right tunnel. Okay. As you all are going through, I know I asked this before, but what is the marching order? Who's going to be leading the charge? Who's going to be in the back? And who's going to be in the middle? I was suggesting I go first because I have dark vision. So I can see uh, ahead. I think we all have dark vision except for Pax. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yay. Okay, so who's going first? Do Pax and Roy want to try sneaking ahead again? or? Well, I can't uh, see. So yeah. there's not going to be much point in me sneaking. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Do, so does Roy want to sneak ahead again? And then uh, after that, I think Cooper will lead the charge as far as like the three of us. And we can put okay. Pat in the middle so that way somebody can be behind to be in front and behind to, to guide them. So that way Pat can follow me from behind? You'd be in the very back. That's what I was about to say back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have the list as Roy is being a little bit ways out of the party. And then we have Cooper in front, Pax in the middle, and Zara being the anchor. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Roy, go ahead and make me a stealth check, please. Alrighty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a five. Oof. As you're going through, you all see as Roy's going through, he disappears for a second you're like oh shit and you're like trying to run over and see what happened and roy you get up you're like ah you tri tripped over exposed piece of something i thought he was just gonna be singing country songs actually while sneaking but that's better uh, i thought he fell into like some of the water there and just like oh, shit <laughs> fortunately this is not sewage water cool um I mean... so yeah 
Not the worst thing that could happen. No. Nope. I seem to be off my element tonight. Um, just a little bit. It's fine. Do we um do we want a little bit of light? Because I can make some. I mean, might as well, dude. Since we can't sneak down here, I feel like you know we're going into battle at this point. You all right, then I will cast Dancing Lights. Ooh, okay. And as opposed to the uh, the four orbs, I'm going to make it look like a soft, amber, very lithe humanoid. Oh, interesting. Okay. Are you projecting this light in front of everybody? So in front of you? Maybe a little bit back, so the light doesn't hit quite as far. Okay. In front of us. Um, but like still enough that we can see. And just for, for your information, it says dim light in a 10 foot radius. So maybe dim like light. just behind me. Okay. All right, sure. You can definitely do something like that. How do you create this light? This is the first time we've seen you like cast a spell, right? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Is I there a chat? I feel like he pulls out like his Tinder box. Mm-hmm and just says a few words and the the match shines with that rainbow-esque colors and as i strike it the flame lights and then pops off and makes like a sphere and then expands into a humanoid shape okay cool yeah you all see this beautiful display especially that beautiful rainbow assortment on the match and as you do so and you see this sprite envelop it almost kind of looks like this a really cool outline of like like a uh, i don't want to say fire but like a fire human almost you see that it is very basic it doesn't have any hands or feet you know they just kind of look like rectangles but you do see it does have like where its head is almost kind of like this glowing fire hair to it as you do see it it dances this very beautiful amber as that fills the cavern with dim light. So Pax, you can now see. Yay. For 10 feet. For 10 feet, but you know, it's something, right? Better than being blind. Exactly. Okay. As you all are going through, slowly but surely, you are just kind of going through your waiting. You feel now after going maybe about 50 more feet, 100 more feet, that it seems to be leading out just a little bit, but you do feel that your your feet hit more solid gravel um, as you do come up to this dead end. But you do see that there is a small little tunnel that seems to have been chipped away or broken on the side here. And you kind of wade out and you realize that you, or your feet are not in calf deep water anymore. Can Zara go ahead and uh, make a perception? Uh, yeah, because he's trying to compare the clay that he took just to see if it's here. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And that would be a 15. Yeah, 15. You can go and you can sift through the gravel a little bit. It's still wet, but it's not, you know, you're not sticking your hand into like cold, calf deep water. But you can sift through the gravel a little bit and put your hands in. There is a squishy give to it. You, you pull it back, you're like, mm, is this clay? You kind of give it a, um, you bring it up to your hand and sniff it. You're like, oh, thank God, no, this is clay. Yep, we're in the right place. Oh, please let this be clay. Please let this be clay. Yep. It's like, no, it's clay, thank you. Well, this is clay. What you're stepping in is not clay. I'm stepping in the water. Well, yeah, it's not oh. clay, it's water. Oh, wait, whose foot is that? 
Oh, I think that's mine. You all appear to be at the entryway of this creature's lair. You don't hear anything as of yet. What would you all like to do? Are there any final preparations you would like to make? I'm basically going to have this as like Dark Souls boss logic. Uh, is there any final preparations you all wish to make before you press Y to enter the mess? <laughs> Anybody want to shake the box of macaroni and just be like, here? Here, here, I'd like to pray to my god or well, the okay. vibe. All right, cool. Go ahead and just make me a straight vibe check. Just roll a d20. 17. 17? Okay. The vibe the vibe's pretty good. The vibe's pretty strong. You feel reassured and secured with the how strong the good vibes. I just like I got those good vibrations. Those good vibrations. With patron saint himself, Sir Marcus of Wallenberg. We just call him Marky Mark. <laughs> we just call him Marky. Is there anything else anybody would like to do? Because this is the, this get is the, the time to prep before the uh, boss fight round two. We just get the talismans ready. Yeah. Yep. We have you Crossbow. guys have. Yeah, you Crossbow guys have. Crossbow loaded. Well, because okay. I gave them to all three of you. Yes. So you are the one that does not have one. Yeah, and I have the holy water one. Yes, you have the holy water. You still have your holy ammunition packs. You shot mm -hmm. off, I'm pretty sure, three rounds. So you have 12. Two of them. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I didn't shoot, uh, I didn't shoot any. Yeah, so you all still have that. Uh, so you're still good. Well, I have a question, because uh, we had it last time. But if we have any more of the holy oil, I would want to do my rapier, too. But I don't know if we had any more oil left. Um, I think we used it up on all of the, uh, the ammunition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was like 15 ammunition and a couple of weapons, but I couldn't remember. I will say, you brought a pretty big bottle of oil. I would allow you to coat your rapier in it. Okay, because I think we only did one melee weapon. Yeah. So. We didn't do uh, any yeah, of the melee we weapons. We did, all, we did all weapons, all bullets, because my weapons are holy weapons. Yeah, his weapons yeah. are holy weapons, and Roy's crossbow, because he has innate magical ability to make it magical. Uh, so yeah, if you want okay. to code it on your rapier, you can do so. Okay, awesome. Alright, perfect. As you all kind of make your preparations, you all look at each other with a grim resolve and resolution. The grim fandango. Cooper, you pull out your axe and your shield. Roy, you make sure that your crossbow is locked and loaded. Zara, you have your pistol and your, your pistol, your shock baton, and your spells at the ready. And your music. And your music, uh, you kind of put in your music and start getting ready to get yourself amped. And Pax, you have your revolver and your rapier. As you all make all your right. way through, you guys kind of hit a little bit of a, a soft patch of earth. Um, but you then, uh, after a while, kind of climb into this chamber, it seems. It's this old chamber. From what you looked at, Zara, this doesn't appear to be on any place of the map, actually. You kind of look around for a bit, and, um, and you think this is actually part of the ruins of old Darno. As you take a, a sec to get a bearing of your surroundings with the light shining through, you do see that this area is a 60 by 60 by 60 box. Cannot see the upper part of the ceiling, but you do see that these massive, like, six pillars are jetting out that are about five feet in diameter. And you see it seemed to have been like a small storage room of some kind, but you do see now these different layers of 
like what you assume like different bones, various different rats, and like different stages of decay. And you do see what appears to be a pile of something further in. It seems to be on the other side of this wall. What do you all wish to do? I will use concentration for my hex. Okay. You have not cast it yet. You can have that at the ready. So you can walk in and be like, I have a ready action in case I see this thing I can cast tax on. Yeah. So yeah, as you guys get through and take a clear observance to where it is, you do hear like the weird sounds of like a soft mewling coming from that pile on, on the far end. All right. Wait, we're going to have to kill some babies. Uh, we don't necessarily have to kill. We got the talismans. That's true, our orders weren't really specific to lead to say kill. I mean, for some groups, though. Ugh. I mean, the orders were specifically kill or capture. So capture is an option, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Zero's just, imagining the, Zero's just imagining the last time he did this. is just like, oh uh, yeah, I remember the kill part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you're kind of going through, Zero, you do feel a bit nervous as you do feel that other side of you just kind of slowly knocking on the back door of your brain. But yeah, do you all approach or investigate to figure out where that sound of the mewling is coming from? Um, I'd like to yeah. I just look around to see if I see the the mother. Um, I do have 60 foot dark vision. Okay, go ahead and make me a perception check. Looking good. Uh, 18. 18, okay. As you are going through, did you take a couple more steps in? At this point, I'm assuming that you guys are like on the cusp, or at the very least, like maybe like one to two feet in. Not fully in the room, but like close enough to the entrance where you can kind of scope out. I'd hang off off to the side. I wouldn't go fully in and just like essentially enter and then look around and make sure everyone can get by me to enter and do whatever they want to do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would say with an 18, you could look and you're like, all right. Take a breath, Roy. Take a breath. You close your eyes for a second. Take a deep breath. Inhale. You slowly kind of focus the world around you, focusing on the earth, the earth on your boots, the sound of the breath of your friends going through the jangles of their assortments of weapons and whatnot. And your ears once again twitch and alert you to the third pillar in the corner something that is out of view from where you all are something just moved and it wasn't like it moved like it was uh it seemed to be about maybe like 40 to 50 feet up but you don't see anything on the ground so you assume that it has to been on the pillar's blind spot when you can't see it Um, is here just the faintest of movement I'll just tell them all telepathically that pillar right over there. Yeah. As Roy uses his telepathic abilities, you hear him say that to you all in your minds. God? It is one way. I just, out loud, Cooper, God? (laughs) I respond to him, no. (laughs) Not today. I like how you just respond, no. Like, that's not, no, it's Roy. Just no. Yeah. Just no. No. Santa? So anyway, this this strange mewling in the room, uh, who wants to go and check it? As Roy points it out, you now are wary of that third pillar in the corner. That's the pillar that's farthest away from you all. Yeah, want me to change to look like that lady and see if I can get it to come down. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know if that'll still work if it's a like when they have the skin thing, but it might be worth a try. Well, we have the skin. No, the the thing was that they like to stalk when they have the skin. They like to stalk family members because it makes the family members more trusting or whatever. So I don't know if she's still like honed on to the person, but worth um, a shot. Yeah, I mean, it only cost me an action to do it, so. I'll just morph into Miss Van, whoever. Okay. You shift almost kind of like Mystique from X-Men, and you are now what appears to be uh, Miss Alistair Vixora de Quinn. So I'm assuming that you're going to go first and try and bait out this monster. You have been around Miss Vexora enough, I'd say, that you are able to pick up on their voice. Okay. So yeah, as you walk in, I'm assuming everybody's going to stand back a little bit. Pax, what do you say to coax this creature out? Oh, uh, how intelligent are these creatures? I just kind of assumed it would see me, and that would be enough. You're not sure. You do remember reading in the lore and literature that they're intelligent hunters, but they don't have any ways of, like, speaking or language like anytime they would speak it kind of sounds like a mimicry so they can kind of mimic the sound of somebody's voice but you're not Mm -hmm. too sure i'll just kind of like stumble into the center of the room like sobbing like oh my husband my poor husband has left me he's passed away i'm all alone in the world yeah (laughs) okay just trying to seem like distraught (laughs) Yeah, no, I like this. Uh, go ahead and make me a persuasion check. And remember, you get a to persuasion add your... or a performance. I don't know which one do you. Oh no! So I got a nine. Okay. And it's been that much time with her. <laughs> As you're kind of like waiting, and you can like say all of that, Pax, Roy, because you clocked this thing first, you do hear movement as this thing slowly treks down again you can hear it you just can't see it until you see what appears to be a bundle of black fur just slowly making its way you know that it's not black fur because of number one of what you've seen and number two it seems to be these two claws that are coming out of the front that pull it and you see that it's kind of slowly trying to sneak up on packs packs you do feel a little bit of like this movement this thing is probably about 15 feet away from you all right and you see that it slowly stalks and you can hear what you would assume is magiara vexora de quins the deceased uh, spouse saying you're not alone sweetie and it just it sounds very painful to say like it's trying to strain to make the sounds sound like these words and you hear it as it's going, we can be together. And it's slowly starting to kind of trail off. And you realize now that like it stops for a second and it's getting ready to pounce on Pax. I need everyone to roll initiative. 25 to 20. Probably I wrote the same thing I wrote last time, which is a 17 total. All right, 25 to 20. Going once, going twice. Okay, 19 to 14. Cooper, I got you with a 17. I got 18. Okay. Zara, you got 18. Oh, wow. Anybody else? 19, 14, going oh, once. Oh, 17, going sorry. 17? Oh, hey, you're tied with Cooper. 
Go wheel. That think Roy is faster, so I'll go after Roy. Okay, cool. All right. That's fine. Okay, we're right back in the same spot we were last time. Roy Cooper. Pretty and... much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Pax, what did you get? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. All right, Roy. It is your turn. As you were the one to clock in, you're like, I got this. I mean, you see this thing getting ready to pounce. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Then I'm going to make my fingers do the little glowy glitter thing and mm-hmm. pull back the crossbow bow and fire. And it's magical. Okay. There so, you go. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That was the glitter bit. So, I fire natural Fall. 20. Ooh, oh, shit. Yeah. Starting off strong, baby boy. Heck okay. Yeah. All right, so what is your crossbow's die, like weapon? Uh, D6. D6, okay, so it's six. And what is your dexterity? 16, so plus three. Okay, so plus three. Okay, so your damage, you're going to do 1D6 plus nine. All righty. So go ahead and roll another D6. uh, uh, 14 damage. Ooh, that's on the first attack. Roy, how do you shoot this thing? What does it look like you starting off this encounter strong? You at the ready, you know, honing in with your hunter sense and like firing this shot. What does it look like? Like as soon as I see it start to pounce, I drop to one knee, steady my aim and breathe in, hold, fire. Okay. Roy, as you do, you feel something shift in you. And it's almost kind of like that same sort of focus that you felt when you were watching Ball in a Cup game, you feel as though something inside of you is evolving. And in the sense of like, that your senses are becoming sharper and you feel as though you now have a much closer attuned, like a, uh, a sharper sense to this creature. That for some weird reason in this split moment, you can see its tendons flex its bones, its bones extend its claws as it's going in slow motion. And you see where the claw might strike first and shoot it in the shoulder, seemingly making this claw stop midway through. And as time resumes on, you see this creature just lets out a and falls. And you just kind of like get back into normal time. You're like, but you also do have your bonus action and your movement, if you so choose. Uh, I will use my bonus action to fire again. All right. Just a question. I can use the magic bit on the bonus action attack as well, correct? I'm going to rule it where you can only use it on the uh, on the first attack. Fair enough. Then I will roll to hit. Ooh, probably not as much. The 13 to hit. Uh, 13. This time you see this creature was ready for you. It's like, and just gets low, and it sings into the wall behind it. So I assume I'm at the entrance of the thing, and Pax is kind of dead center of the, the room, correct? Yeah, I would assume so, unless Pax, you decide to do something otherwise. At the very least, maybe a little bit closer to the hole, but it's up to you. Then I'd like to move 45 degrees to my right, um, so okay. along the, the right wall. From the okay, yeah. You're, opposite, you're on the opposite wall of this creature. Yeah. Okay, cool. That'll be for you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Zara. I missed your turn. I wrote Roy. I wrote Roy twice. It's okay. I was looking and I was like, okay, so we're ignoring that I have eight. I'm not going to retcon that, Roy. That's what you're going to do on your turn. Sorry about that. Zara, right. it is is supposed to be your turn. What would you like to do? I'm just going to 
Because I don't have the uh, thing, but because it's in water, right? No, it is not. But you do know that it is in a skin. And from what you remember from the from the literature, that the skin has a higher flammable fat content. Yep, that's what Zero's going to do. He's going to skip up the gun. All right. Claps his hands together, and then he'll use Eldritch Blast on it. Oh, nice. I'm assuming you're going to be using fire on this creature? Yeah. Okay. And you're using it with the blue fire? Yeah, it's a blue flame. All right, perfect. Go ahead and make me an attack roll. So 18. 18, that'll hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. All right. Ooh, nine. Ooh. So he claps the hands together. Invoke. Very nice. You hit this thing, um, and it did not like that because it is vulnerable to fire. Actually, that's right, it is vulnerable. We haven't used these rules before. Zera, go ahead and roll an extra d10 for me. Oh, don't mind if I do. That is a 10. It takes 19 points of fire damage. As you strike this thing center mass, and the fire just instantly erupts, and it lights this thing up like a winter solstice tree. As you just hear it shrieking in pain. Here's how I just see everyone else's view. It's just like, they just see like a small little light go to it, and then they just see the blue flame just erupt. He's using freaking laser beams. (laughs) Yeah, that is what you do. Um, And this thing, it's in its skin. Its skin looks half destroyed. So that's your turn. Roy, you already went, so you have that where you're able to kind of use that momentum and shoot while this thing is trying to pat itself. Cooper, that is going to be your go. Far away is it? From where you are, it's probably about like 30, 35 feet away from you. I'm gonna go up to it and I'm gonna hit the thing with my axe. Okay, go ahead and make your attack roll. Dirty 20. Dirty 20, that'll hit. Are you doing it uh, one-handed or two-handed? One-handed. Go ahead. Yeah. Next damage, plus three, 11. 11, woof. Nice, y'all came out to play tonight. You run up, taking this momentum from two great shots from your teammates. Just, and just kind of like, as it mildly swipes a claw, you just put your shield up high, bring your axe cross body low, and just swing through, managing to reposition, swing around and reposition yourself, but just get it nice and low in the ribs. You see that this skin is starting to fall apart, and you can see exposed bits of its true form. So that is your action. You have a bonus action, and you already used your movements. Don't think I have anything else that I can do right now, so I'm just gonna, you know, let it wait it out. Let's see what happens. Okay. Then Pax, that is going to be your go. Hey, this thing's pretty injured already. It's skin. Okay, the skin is. All right. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw the noodles then. And it's pretty close to me, right? Because it was about to swing for me. Oh, yeah, no. It's right up in your grip. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to use my rapier instead of my gun. Okay. So that was just what I needed to know. Yep. And uh, Cooper is technically flanking it, so you do get to add your Yay. sneak attack. Uh, does an 18 hit? An 18 does hit. Go ahead and roll your damage plus your sneak attack. That's going to be 8 damage. 8 damage. Okay, please hold. Let me do... Um, plus your sneak attack die? Yeah, I rolled a four and a four. Okay. Plus your rapier? Oh yeah, I get to add another two, so ten total. Ten My total, rapier's okay. a 1d8 plus two, and then the sneak attack die. 
Gotcha. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, I definitely forgot that too. I was really excited about the eight. <laughs> no, no, that's great though. Yeah, without skipping a beat, you're like, all right, and you basically get up from this mocking lunge. You, as you were doing your uh, your acting, you kept your uh, rapier hidden and to the side. You managed to roll on. You managed to like push up and roll and use that momentum to just like spear stab um, right this thing. And you feel like you hit it center mass. As this thing reels away, you just, with a flick of the wrist, you swipe away more of the skin as you see these these magically sutured or these weird like small rat pelts just fly off into another spot and you see a lot more of the skin is exposed because two-thirds of its full body is exposed i will say that you all can continue to hit it on face value to completely destroy the skin or if you want to take cold shots to hit its exposed parts mm. specifically you could potentially, uh, you'd be rolling with disadvantage, but you could potentially uh, put it down faster without having to completely go through the skin. Okay, cool. So, that is your turn. It is now the Slipskin's turn. Man, that hurt. And it does not have its stinking cloud ability, but it has just enough exposed where it can do some, it can have some fun. It should not be having fun. Please don't let it have fun. Well, and it's grill, and it's gonna fight like a mama bear. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, no, it's gonna try this on. You know what? I'm gonna make a roll. Pax and Cooper, you are up there. Somebody call it. Who wants to be odds? Who wants to be evens? I'll be odds. Yeah, I'll take evens. Okay. Cooper, your evens. Pax, your odds. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay, Pax. You are going to be taking this attack. Oh, that's the one I did. That's, I wanted it to be me. I really wanted it to be me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I had to make the decision where it's like, which one? Because both of you were up there. That's fine. I haven't taken any damage yet. Um. All right, Pax. Let's see if this thing can hit you. Does a 16 hit your armor class? Yes. Okay. For DM clarification, when you were doing your your spiel, were you on the floor or not? Like, prone? Yes. No, I just walked into the middle of the room. Like, hands in my face, but no. I'm baiting a monster. I'm not getting on the ground. <laughs> I was like, that's good, because like, mm, if it's prone, it got advantage. Uh, Let me lay down so I can't run away. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. I didn't say you didn't. Pax. You take 12 points of slashing damage, and I need you to make me a strength check. Oh no, it's a 12. 12, unfortunately yes. that's not gonna do it. You see as this creature lunges out to you, it swipes you with the claw a little bit faster than you were expecting. You manage to parry some of the blow off with your rapier, but it just wasn't enough as it kind of catches you. I mean, you kind of go spiraling just a little bit, and with this claw, it reaches out and it grabs you, and you are now considered grappled. Okay. Yeah, no, it has you grappled, and basically, it's just going to position you in front of Cooper to kind of use you as a shield almost. That is what it's going to do. Zara, top of the round, back to you. It's, you said it's not looking good, right? 
It's not looking good. Uh, its skin is almost torn. You can make an attack roll against it. its exposed self for disadvantage. However, also do keep in mind that it does have packed grapple. Okay, question. Mm-hmm. Answer. Wait, do we know if it ever had kids yet or no? Yeah, I mean, you haven't found that out just yet. You would assume so, yes. We heard some noises in, like, that corner, but we haven't gone check. So wherever it came from, Zara's actually going to shoot Eldritch Blast over there. Okay. He um, actually is now just getting, uh, starting to get annoyed with it. Okay, that's it. I'm actually getting t- sick and tired of this. Invoke. <laughs> that's it, Missy. I'm getting peeved off. Okay, you're just going to straight up blast it? I'm going to blast where it came from, like where the most condensed area is, to be like, if that's where your kids are, I am shooting them. <laughs> All right. Well, they are defenseless. Uh, so go ahead and make this attack with advantage. Uh, let's see. 18? <laughs> is that it? I won't even have you uh, roll for damage. You all see as Zara just like, all right, this is enough, and just fires an Eldritch Blast where the mewling was coming from. You yep. see that it catches quickly a light, and you can hear, like, mewling and screaming, like, these weird kind of, like, chirps and cries for help. As the creature looks at that, you see it looks at you, and, like, Pax, it hurts your eardrums, but you hear this thing roar in both anger and pain. This creature is now enraged. Oh, fun. That's definitely not going to be bad for me with eight health and its claws in me. I tell it. I tell it. Come at me if you dare. Did you just come at me, bro, a monster? He did. It's not going to be the last time. I'm totally here for this. It's going to end, unless you have something else you want to do, Zara. Roy, that's going to be your go. You just saw Zara uh, just completely destroy its nest. All right. Try and, like, take advantage of its now enraged state and... Mm -hmm. Hopefully, less mindful self and fire at it. Um, specifically okay. at the um, open skin. Go ahead and make me an attack roll with disadvantage. Or open lack of skin. Yep. Yeah, probably not. That would be a eight. Eight. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, as you do that, you see it reacts a little bit because it has packed grapple, puts packs in front of your shot, and you have to, at a split second, just kind of shoot it wide. Alright, alright. Um, but you do have your bonus action. Dang it! Yeah, I want to try and fire with the bonus action. This is not bad. 11. Unfortunately, that still goes wide. Shoot. Okay. Movement, or do you want to stay where you are? Since it's holding packs in front of it, um, I'm going to try and swing wider to a spot where I could get a better opening. Okay, that sounds good. Cooper, it is your go. I try to wrestle packs away from it. Sure. If you want to make a strength check, I would say if you succeed, you'll be able to give packs advantage to uh, escape it. You want to do something like that, you can. Yeah. Okay. I'm at 20. Oh, yeah, there you go. I would say actually with a nat 20, then you'd be able to like, because this thing is enraged and just like angry that you're able to just like take this opportunity and just shield bash it in the face She'll bash it in the face with one hand and just uh, strip its hand off packs and shove them to the side with the other. Get enough of a barrier. So yeah, with a natural 20 you, packs, you're free. Yay! Do you allow me to use that to push packs further away so they'd have to move away from me to if they want to try to grapple them again? Yeah, I would say that'd be fine. I'd say you put, uh, move packs 10 feet back. It's going to have to come after me, and I got a lot of health. All 
right. So that's going to be your turn. Pax, it is your go. Cooper managed to wrestle you away from this thing and push you 10 feet. I guess from 10 feet back, I will... So if I do a called shot, I have disadvantage? Yes. And you would not be able to add your scene. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it with my holy bullets. Well, it's a waste of a holy bullet if I miss. What you doing? Can I shoot with my regular bullets? I'm sure. shooting with a regular bullet. Ooh, uh, that's a 19. Okay, dope. Were you trying to hit the skin or trying to hit the exposed flesh? I didn't make a call shot because I didn't want disadvantage. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, the 19 definitely hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Ooh, 17. Ooh, nice. I rolled two d8s. I got a five, a six, and then a six on my sneak attack. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, no, you kind of like use that momentum and blast this thing in the side of the face, taking most of its skin with it as it blasts through. You see just a little bit of this armor kind of stripped away as this thing is just like staring daggers at Zara. You still have your bonus action and your movement if you so choose to use it. No, I think I'm good here. Okay. It is the Slipskin's turn. And well, run. you are right there. So it's going to use its... Yeah, it's going to use this ability. Zero, run. Because uh, it is enraged enough. Does a 19 hit your AC? Here's Zero. Uh, for you, Cooper. Because you're right up in its grill. <laughs> Thought it would be a mindless creature and go after Zara. You're right up in its grill, though. Yeah, my, have you seen a bear? bear would be like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I'm gonna take it, but I'm saying like a bear will definitely go like, because it does hit me, but like a bear would definitely be like, that thing is at my cuffs. I'll leave this thing alone. I mean, but it also sees that you are trying to protect your friend or compatriot. So you Good are just not. <laughs> but regardless, I need to roll 96. That was a smart move, Sarah. I'm gonna tell you to stand there. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Cooper, how much HP you got? Uh, 35. Okay. Uh, oof. You say run to Zara. This thing latches out with both hands, wraps around you, and just squeezes. As it just kind of surprises you a little bit, you can feel like your ribs break as you take 28 points of bludgeoning damage. Jesus. And I need you to make me a strength saving throw. Let me, let me put in my damage first. You said 28? 28. Jesus. That is 22. 22. Okay. This thing, as it just kind of squeezes, you can feel it trying to constrict you more. And you can see almost that it's setting up as it unhinges its jaw. And you just hear this inhaling. And you can just feel for a little bit... <coughs> It's getting harder for you to breathe, but you manage to just kind of with the, the bit of strength to just kick off and uh, wiggle yourself free and get up to a position. Your ribs are busted. It is a little bit harder for you to breathe, but it's not because it sucked the breath out of you. Oh, that's a lot of damage. So that is its action. And because it is <laughs> enraged, it is aggressive. And so it's going to use its bonus action to move half its movement speed. So if you would like, you are welcome to take an attack of opportunity. Yes, uh, I will. It's basically just running, it's running past you. Towards I you. will take my opportunity attack. Okay. 20. 20, that'll hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, If you let me roll um, 
Because I know it's I know it's a, a opportunity attack. Will you let me make a call shot and re-roll that? See if I get a lower one. Oh, to see if you can hit the exposed flush? Yeah. Sure. If you want to make a cold shot, I, I would allow that. You'd have to roll with disadvantage. So, yeah. 22. The first one was a nat 20, but then I rolled a 19. Okay, yeah. That still hits. Cool. So, go ahead and you hit you hit in this exposed flesh. Eight damage. How much? Eight. Eight damage. Okay, yeah. You see as you're kind of like... <gasps> and you see this thing run past. You're like, oh, no, you don't. And you, like, catch it in the back, but it does not care. As it is just locked eyes and is bolting towards it. So that's eight damage. So, top of the round, Zara. This thing is maybe about 10 feet away from you. Perfect. That gives me the chance to activate my uh, spell. A card? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, uh-oh, you've activated, congrats, <laughs> fool. You've activated, you've trap activated card. my trap card. <laughs> All right, Zara, pray tell, what is your trap card? After using the spell, because he actually did that out of character, in order when he aimed at that, he actually did get mad, but it wasn't that part of him actually just slipped for a second, and that's now starting to trigger his mm-hmm. uh, transformation. Okay. So what would you like to do there? Take, takes place within creatures of ten feet of him. Okay. So what what are you going to be using? He's actually now to the point of pissed enough and is like, you think you're pissed? Oh, I you're transforming. He's... You're doing a partial transformation. Okay. Zara. and claps through his hands and he says, envelop. Okay. Daryl, what is your partial transformation look like as you hear the, the voice in the back of your head laugh with glee and just say, finally. Are you ready? Yeah, it's like as you let your part of your anger seep through and you start to feel this beautiful surge of destructive power. What does it look like when Zara partially transforms? You you all will just see like a crack coming down on his left side of his eye. And then mm-hmm. it'll actually start to see bones coming out of his head, almost like forming like a bit of like of a half crown. Mm-hmm. And then he takes his hands and scar- and like scars until you see blood off of his arm. Mm-hmm. And he's basically taking bones out from his hand. Okay. And as his attack is, basically is his uh, swing with his half transformation, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It's basically a swing with his bone arm of his left hand to basically like swing at the creature away from him. Okay. Are you making an attack? Are you casting a spell? Like, I, I like the thematically, but mechanically... We're so you use uh, Arms of Hadar, basically. Oh, shit. Okay. He's doing the half transformation to, to cast Arms of Hadar. Okay. So basically, he'll step towards it. As he's mm-hmm. transforming, you see his eyes shift colors with the two gold rings. As he's mm-hmm. drawing out the bones, he's basically pulling his arm back, almost like to take that big, badass pimp <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh, arms of Hadar. You invoke the power of Hadar, the dark hunger. Your bone arm erupts and you batter all creatures within 10 feet of you. Okay, so it has to make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 2d6 necrotic damage and it can't take reactions on its next turn. On a successful, it takes half damage but suffers no effect. Okay, so what is the DC saving throw? It should be 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your uh, intelligence modifier. Even though you're a warlock, you're you're an intelligence yeah. So what's your intelligence modifier? Mine is plus one. Okay, so that means it's a DC 11. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you roll first? 
Yeah, I roll first. It does beat that with a 19, but it successfully saves, so it only takes half damage. So go ahead and roll your die and just divide it by two. Alright, so the 2d6 then? Yep. So, six. Six, okay. Is that already halved or no? Yeah, no, that is halved. Okay, cool. Six. I'm gonna say because you did this within creatures and it had to make a save, it bypassed the skivvy skin, so you're able to kind of hit it for itself. So yeah. yeah, you... It's basically just to, like, push it away. Yeah, you essentially slap this thing, and it's a little stunned and surprised, but you see it kind of, like, because it's more loose, that weird, like, boneless thing where it gets low and, like, you see its whole body twist and wring out like a towel before it, like, settles back and, like, gets on all fours ready to pounce on you. So that's gonna be your turn. Roy, it is your go. Well, that just went down. Can I free action panic just a little? Oh, yeah, no, you can you can panic as a free action. Uh, yeah, cool. you see awesome. this thing has, uh, murder in its eyes and, oh, God, the squad killer turned into his squad killer. Uh, I am going to... Yeah, I'll fire at the at the thing, but I'm. Yeah, I'll I'll aim for the um the unskinned bit. Okay. Uh, I would say uh it's in flanking. Uh, I'd say for this one because Zara is technically thin, it you can move, so will you be able to get the flanking? So you'd be able to negate the disadvantage. So you'd okay. Instead just, you would just roll flat. Yeah, no, I'd rolled for a disadvantage, but it, I'm just gonna roll again. Um. Okay. Uh, ooh, probably not that 14. 14 does hit. Oh, dope. Um, because you're hitting the exposed side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was uh, oh, freaking forgot to make a magic gun. Freaking dang it. <laughs> it's all good. Ooh, still nine damage. Um, but nine of a non magical arrow. Okay, you sink into it and it's like still trying to barrel down towards Zara. What would you like to do with your bonus action and movement? Movement, I'm going to hold there and then I'm just gonna fire again with, without aiming for a specific spot. Okay, um, uh, so, so go ahead and make that with advantage then. Alrighty, um, that would be 16, uh, just a flat five. Flat five, that is just enough. The skin armor is completely gone. Alrighty. Alright, and this thing already is looking pretty rough. Um, then I'm actually going to move back to the door. Okay. Or entryway, I guess. Okay, cool. Cooper, that is now your go. Its skin is fully exposed. You're still kind of breathing a little bit heavier from like getting almost getting your rib cage completely collapsed on yourself. So you're kind of trying to catch your breath a little bit, but it is your go. Real quick before you go, I have the alphabet noodles if everyone wants to hold their turn and I can just spill the shit out so it doesn't run away while we just attack it. Well, you're right after me. Um, and so I think you can still pour that out. Yeah, okay. Oh, I am um, right after you. I forgot about that. I, what is that thing, like 45 feet away now? Yes. I want to back up uh, the rest of the feet because I need to have a, li- a little bit of distance between me and it. But because mm-hmm. my range is 60 feet and I have checked just to make sure I had this right, I'm going mm. to cast Sacred Flame on it. Ooh, nice. What does it look like when you cast your Sacred Flame? Because I think this is the first time we've seen Cooper cast a offensive spell. Cooper like switches out to the sword that Leonard had. He points it and remembering the words Leonard taught him he he yells Wordle Wordle Sacred Squirtle and it just fires out of the sword. Okay. Uh, So let's see. Radiance Atari must succeed on dexterity saving throw or take 1d8 radiant damage. Okay. This thing is aggressive. 
<coughs> it is caught. There is only one person on its mind, so it will have disadvantage on this dexterity saving. That is. What is your spell DC? Let me double check, but I think it's like 12. 12. Uh, well, with the 5, that's not going to do it for a 7 total. Uh, so go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, sweet. It's necrotic in nature, so would the radiant damage do any more damage? Uh, potentially, yeah. Well, I rolled a 7. Go ahead and roll me another d8. It's a 6, 6, and 7, so, so 13. 13. Okay, this thing is looking rough. You see, as you just kind of get this thing good right in its back, you see that its mind fills with pain as it rears back, as it's like trying to uh, gadget the searing flesh, but just unable to reach it. And then as a bonus action, uh, um, I'm going to drink a potion. Okay, yeah, drink a potion, you go ahead and you heal just 10 points of HP flat. You feel your breathing get a little bit better as you slowly but magically feel your ribs kind of starting to uncrush themselves. Okay, Pax, it is now your turn. What would you like to do? This thing is pretty far away from me. Yes, it's probably about like 40 to 45 feet. So I have the noodles, but it seems like it's pretty invested in getting to its nest, right? It doesn't seem like it's trying to run away from us. Oh, its nest is destroyed. It is it is dead set on murdering Zara. Okay, so my move speed is 30 feet, so I'll move up 30 feet. Okay. I will fling the noodles away from me. Okay. And I think I can still attack it once. Yeah, you would be 30, 15, so you'd have to pull out your revolver and shoot it, but yeah. Yeah. I was just, because I had done two different actions, but yeah, I'm just going to shoot it with the revolver, with the holy bullet. Yep. This time. You also do get at sneak attack because you do have your, you're in flanking with a friend. Okay. Ooh, I'm rolling so good tonight. 19. That'll hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. And it, and I used a holy bullet, which I said. You did. You used a holy bullet. 12. 12 total? 12 holy damage. Yep. Okay. Oof. You following up with that, you shoot this thing in like, again, and kind of like the back and you see its side from the back forward just close out a little bit. It's like, yeah. and it shrieks in pain, but it's looking really hurt, but it is dead focused on Zara. I didn't notice the noodles. Uh, it, it will do that on its turn. Okay, which is now, I think. Yeah, unless you have anything else you want to do. Nope, I think that's all my actions. All right, so it is its turn. It has to make a wisdom saving throw for its Arithomania. However, I will say, because Zara was the one to completely destroy its nest, it does have advantage on this saving. Okay, that's valid. Seems okay. fine. So for this, okay, it has to make a DC 14 saving throw, but it has advantage and it has a plus three to wisdom. Well, Zara's dead. This one is a 16. Second one is an 18. As you toss those out, you see that there is a brief moment for this thing to uh, for this thing to react, but you see it kind of shakes its head and snaps back to Zara as it is going to make a attack against Zara. Yeah, as Cooper, you see this thing lunge out with both of its hands and essentially try and attempt the same maneuver that it did to uh to you. Mm. Uh, that is going to be a twenty-five to this is to hit you, Zara. Yep. Zara, how much HP do you have? You can tell me if this is wrong or not, but does 19 sound correct? Uh, yeah. No, that does. You all see as this thing 
grabs Zara and pulls close and it squeezes and you can hear it painfully yelling in fury and in revenge as it squeezes. Zara, you feel it getting harder and harder to breathe as you feel your ribs crack and you all hear Zara's back just kind of give a sickening crunch as Zara, you drop to zero HP. It did 26 points of damage. Jesus Christ. And you just see it, boom. And you see Zara's body just drops and you see it turn to you all and just roll. How's it looking though? Oh, it's looking incredibly hurt. So that is the slipskin. Zara, it's the top of your round. I need you to make me a death saving throw. Uh, if you roll a net 20. Yeah, straight d20. You don't add anything to it. Oh, okay. Let's get higher than a 10. Yep. So 16. Okay. You succeed your first death save throw. Roy, it is now your turn. You just saw this thing just crack. Basically just like almost snap Zara's back as Zara falls limply to the ground. And this creature does not seem like it is long for this world, but you also get in the point from how much experience that you've had with dealing with monsters and especially like with animals that it knows that it is not going to live much longer, but it does not care anymore. All right. So I've been kind of hesitant around Zero like this entire time, especially mm-hmm. after that, that transformation happened. Yeah. But seeing him drop just something clicks and just is like nope gonna protect and just immediately like stand between zero and it okay and just like talisman on my thumb and just straight to the forehead okay it is within the five point hit point range so it has to make this save with disadvantage so it, the DC, I'm pretty sure I said was either a 14 or a 15. I'm going to put it as a 14. Okay. So it has to get a 14 or above. And once again, it has a plus three wisdom, but it is also rolling with disadvantage. Sound good? Yep. Here we go. First roll is a 16. <laughs> Second roll is a five. Yes! Roy. Oh. How do you do it? How do you finish this creature? I'm just gonna like no no hesitation, straight up like like it's out my thumb, I shout straight to the head, and I grip its head. Okay, and, just, and just to make sure there. it sticks. As you see this thing turn and roar at everybody, you see Zara's body just kind of drops limply to the ground. There is this switch in you. Pax, it's you look and like kind of see, oh shit, what to do. You just see Roy and once again, you see in his eyes that hyper focus. The feeling and that sensation that you adored when you saw him, when you saw like the doing him (laughs) doing the ball in the cup and just seeing that and you see him immediately without hesitation leap into action you see he jumps off this thing's hip hits his hand around its neck 
swings himself around to get an almost like a rear naked choke and slaps a talisman on his forehead and like digs his thumb into it, grabbing his lapel and kind of securing this choke. As you can hear this creature trying to wail and scream, you just essentially see its body starts to lock up and it, boom, falls. As soon as I see that thing fall, Cooper dashes over to Zara. I have one lay on hands left, and I'm going to give it to him. Well, DM might want to check his message first. Yes. Uh, yes. So, Cooper, as you do that, uh, go ahead and make me a medicine check real quick. I don't know. I, I, I was going to immediately cast, like, as soon as I see it drop, I was going to immediately cast Spare the Dying. So I don't know if we like, both get there at exactly the same um, time. I would ah. Okay, I would say if you all do that and you have the threat neutralized, Either both of you roll me a flat roll medicine check, or one of you rolls me the check with advantage. I already got a 19. Do you want me to see if I can get a net 20, or do you want to roll? Um, I mean, like, I might as well roll. Yeah. That, that'd be a 16. 16, okay. You're kind of looking and going, shit, 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 shit. Try something and it doesn't work, but you look through and you're like, wait a minute. It's, it looks like his heart monitor is kind of going off again rapidly and you're like wait okay zara needs to take his medicine first you're searching through his bag and cooper you take him and you stick him with it and it administers and at that instant you both cast this restorative spell and oh this is gonna be fun i have some fun stuff i get to tell you about zara uh but not now mm -hmm. and you all kind of wait for a second and it doesn't seem like anything's kind of happening or working. You're like, were we too late? What what happened? What happened? And you're trying to shake him to wake up. And you see the bones in his arm set into place. You hear Zara's back break back into place. And you see his collapsed rib cage get back into full. And Zara, you wake up and and your lungs feel like they're on fire. And you can check around and you feel and you look around and it is, you are here. It is just you. And you don't hear the voice in your head for the time being. Immediate hug. Like, not even thinking that this rib yeah. got crushed. <laughs> yeah, also immediate hug. Okay, yeah, you feel both Roy and Cooper hug you. It hurts a little bit, but it would hurt it hurts less because your ribs aren't, like, completely crushed. He starts to squeeze his hands and lets the bones recede back into his skin. <sighs> Thank you, guys. Sorry about that. Pax is Sorry. hanging back, like, five or ten feet back with, like, their hand on their hip, and they're just like, glad you made it, buddy. <laughs> Trying yeah. to act real cool and not concerned. <laughs> cool Fair enough. <laughs> I do pull out the camera so we could take some pictures of, like, the monster. But also, like, I'm like, should we? Somebody should call. Like, somebody should call. Like, tell you what, I think, I'll do, I think I'll do the calling. No, no, you're out of breath. You just chill there and relax. Uh, don't take, worry about take, it. Take a breather. They know As, where we are anyway. Zara points this out. Somebody also with broken ribs. I pull out some take advantage him and also myself. Okay, uh, yeah. Zara points to his watch. You see this? You see how it's blinking red? They're sending somebody already. Yep. It makes sense. Uh, all right. 
Way to go, team. Woohoo! We did it. I say we all. Let's just take the day off tomorrow. I saw that... this shawarma doing. I could not agree more. I don't know what shawarma is, but if it's good, I'll do it. It's actually Dharma. <laughs> I also want to say, no. Pax is like calm, cool. Composure is messed up a little bit by the fact that like their war paint that they put on was smudged, and they're also like bleeding profusely. I love it. I like to imagine we all just sat down at the wall, just like, yeah, let's just bandage everyone up. We all bandage up and then I was like, I just want to let y'all know Cooper this pulls out a joint and is like, anybody want to hit this? Absolutely. No, thank you. I love it. So you all basically just kind of take a take a breather, sit up against the wall, pass around a joint. Roy doesn't partake, but after a while, you do see what appears to be a group of you would assume that they were bureau officials though you see that they are completely cloaked and that they have a almost like a beaked mask as you see that they kind of like yeah like a plague doctor but instead of it looking like a raven's mask they have more of a vulture feel uh feel to them and as you see they're taking inventory you see them looking two of them seem to be medical specialists and so they check you all over and as you also come through and you see uh, kind of coming in with his bucket hat and in his service uniform with the vest, no sleeves and gloves with the boots, you see Fluffy looks down at you all and goes, oh, so looks like you all had some fun, huh? And he kind of laughs a little bit. <laughs> Trying to hit this fluff? Yeah, yeah. Not the moment I'm, uh, I'm on duty. Uh, and he kind of like... Oh, shit, uh, I guess we are too. He's like, hey, I won't say anything if y'all won't. And you see he sits down in front of you all and goes, y'all did really good. I, uh... Ooh, I taken this thing also did a pretty good number on you then, huh? It did on me, yeah. It actually didn't hit me. <laughs> I, I could, I oh, could use good. somebody to check out my ribs. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, I can check that out for you, actually. As you all are saying and talking this, you see that he extends out his wrist and he says, Zara, go ahead and give me your wrist, okay? And you see he just gently takes your wrist and you see he takes his watch, flips it over and like sees that there's a little button. He connects it to your watch and there's a little bit of a timer and still you hear a ding. And after about five seconds, he just politely places it and pats it back and goes, and he checks it and he almost kind of looks like he's going through some data and goes, all right, okay. Well, good news is, I mean, what? We gave you guys this assignment. He's like, because he looks at it and he's like, oh man, it's like four o'clock in the morning. We gave you all this assignment. Nah, it's been about a good, oh shit, it's been about a good eight hours, actually. Oh, damn. Well, oh, wow. We <laughs> had like 48 <laughs> hours to do this. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even process that. You, wow. <laughs> He goes, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Most people don't. Because it just feels like sometimes, you know, when you're trying to do something, it takes eternity. It's almost like it takes, like, maybe a day or two, but it only really feels like time's weird like that. Anyway, tangent aside, you all uh, basically hit all this with flying colors. So all that's really left for you all now to do is uh, rest up. Fill out the paperwork. Fill out the paperwork, you know, we always have to make sure we got our report square and whatnot. And, uh, we'll get a final call in for you all in about two days. That's the bad news. 
Uh, and you see, he doesn't say anything, but he just passively uh, looks at Zara as Zara kind of like sheepishly uh, laughs. Fluffy just puts his uh, extended hand on Zara's shoulder and goes, Hey, you did good, kid. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just tired. Yeah, no shit. You all deserve the two days off, all right? Do any of you all need help out? I mean, I can kind of help muster some people out. Do any of you all need a wheelchair? We can always get a we can always get a wheelchair. Uh-huh. I think I'm fine. I'm good. Right. Bloody. My ribs are You're fine. Mine, so. That's ribs and uh. Oh, any chance we could get some za? Yeah, there's um, there's a joint not that far from here. I know I gotta stay here and do some stuff, but uh, we also have some other officials outside, so they can kind of help you out. Do we need to help with anything here? No, uh, no. I mean, or doing a report real quick or something. He kind of looks around and goes, I mean, it looks like the statement, whatever that was, and he kind of points to the nest, whatever that was, that was blown to bit to shit. It's like that thing, and he points to the held creature of the slipskin. That thing got put to fucking sleep. And for you all, and he points to you all, you all got beat to shit. Yeah. Oh, just a note, don't touch it with your bare hands. It does not feel good. Oh, okay. I mean, unless you all have any other evidence or anything like that, that'd be great, but... Zero reaches. Hand me that bag. Oh, yeah. Here, this is for you. He goes, oh, shit, oh. And he kind of looks at the skin, looks back at the creature, looks back at the, the one's nest, and he goes, oh, oh, yeah, no, that sounds about right. Ooh, shit, you all fought a slipskin. Before they get ready to leave, like, before we mm-hmm. leave or anything like that, Cooper does slip. A fluffy a note. Anybody can see it, but he makes sure that nobody sees what the note says. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna DM you. I asked about. Okay, that sounds awesome. I'm here for it. He kind of nods and he goes, uh, "Rest up first, kid. We'll talk later." Okay. So, with that being said, for the sake of brevity, you all are let out. Essentially, kind of helped out, and you all make it and eat at the pizza joint. Is there anything you all would like to do before we time skip to two days? Yeah, I think we're just all like sitting like casually like just like not talking, just like <laughs> the dead eye, like we're tired. We're just focusing on the shop. But also looking at each other like we did good. We did good, but also just like I need like seventeen hours of sleep. Yeah. You see that the waiter is trying to be as welcoming and as business-like as possible, but it's just like, oh, uh... Oh, and we're still covered in, like, clay and, like... <laughs> yes! Monster viscera. But it's great because it's also, like, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yup. The laziest dap I've ever given to anybody gets close to him. <laughs> I love it. As you all scarf down your pizza, just dead tired, but, like, with a sense of tired and exhausted accomplishment, we skip to two days later. You all, after getting nice, you know, enough sleep and whatnot, you are all summoned and requested to meet with Lucan and Yasen in the banquet. You all promptly arrive in your standard equipment that you guys came with, and you see that they they look at all of you and go, well, I suppose that this is it. After proving you all capable, honest, and working together as a cohesive unit, now comes the final part. 
Are you all prepared? And she goes, What say you, Mr. Allen? I'm ready. Turns, What say you, Mr. Vondra? I'll sit here. She nods. She looks at you, Pax, and goes, What say you, Ali? Yeah, seems cool. What say you, Mr. Cooper? Assuming Yasin is a person of people, and Cooper in draconic bows and says, It is a great honor. Very well. And you see Yasin holds up her hand. You see both Yasin and Lucan hold up their hand, and you see them snap. And with an instant, you all are. As you all are now teleported in what appears to be this. Well, you're not really even sure what to make of this. This place, you see that around you are these beautiful, like, divine and arcane sigils, primordial and ancient. The stone is this beautiful teal crystal, clouded, but it seems to be all around you. And you look up and you see that you are in almost this pyramid-like structure. As you see both Yesen and Lucan ascend these stairs up and essentially are by these natural stone podiums. And up on this sort of stage, there's just kind of a cloak of darkness as there isn't a whole lot of light in this room. And you see in this massive, almost cave-like entrance, the these beautiful blue eyes open and pierce through the darkness. And you see Lucan goes, well then, your final test. I would like for you all to meet true judger, Odiessa. And you see as he says that, you see this creature steps out. First, you see what appears to be a beautiful human woman's head. Though it seems to be much larger, and you see the reason why as you see one furred paw step out and then another and you fully see this quadruped creature with its beautiful feathered wings stretch out and sit upright in the podium. This beautiful, powerful, and ancient gynosphinx. And you see that it looks at you all. It does not speak, but you hear its voice reverberate and echo within your heads. By a childlike combat, you've proven yourselves effective, not only using the environment as a weapon and as a tool for success, but also putting your trust into one another and coordinating your moves accordingly. With the trial by the run, you showed uh, effort once again, putting trust and faith and combining your skills into achieving your goals. And with the trial of the hunt, you proved your tenacity, resourcefulness, and determination to see it through. Even within the face of danger, there is but a mere moment of hesitation before rushing and burying your fangs against the darknesses. All of these traits and more are needed for what happens next. I cannot 
say, nor can I promise any of you all, that you will not face hardships. This is not for the faint of heart. You all will hurt. Some of you will be broken, and some of you will die on this journey. And you see, as Odessa says that, these beautiful blue boxes just appear in front of you and it's almost kind of like these beautiful like jewelry sort of boxes do you open them yep i open mine yep okay you open them and you see these very beautiful polished gold plate but that's all it is and you hear as you're kind of a little bit confused you hear odessa reverberate once again if you all are ready if you all are truly ready place your hand upon the badge and repeat after me what do you all do are you all ready the first line we bring honor to those who stand to protect and perish until it is done to preserve life to preserve hope to preserve the people of this world. maybe just type it out and, and i've <laughs> already forgotten it yeah that was all that was right, a lot we lost it like halfway through. I was like, I was like breathing in. I thought we were gonna start, and I was like, nope, he's still no. gone. And he lost me. All right, if, hang on. If we hang all on, record, I'll make can we like we could record it individually just and then just like layer it on top. Yeah. Well, I think this is funnier. So. Oh, that's fine. I mean, no, this is. Oh no, this is so much funnier. I'm keeping this part in. All right, cool. I put it. I put it in the chat. This is the first line. Uh, okay. As you all say that, you feel the first, there is a spark of magic as the first rune underneath you all ignites. As you can feel the chamber starting to uh, quake with power. Second verse, I will read it out first, and then I will I will send it in there. We carry their hopes and flaws by giving them solace, knowing the spark shall be kindled as both blessing and burden to those who come after. We carry their hopes and flaws by giving them solace. This is great. This is great. This is great podcasting. As you say that, the second rune sparks, and you can feel something in your chest, your heart? No, something deeper. Something deeper within you is resonating, and you can feel feel something forming within you. Oh, caliber. The third line reads: We stand, howling in your guard, and tear victory from the jaws of the abyss itself. 
We stand howling in your guard and terrible from the jaws of the itself. As you say that, the third rune sparks, and you can feel more of that, and you realize, no, that that deeperness that's coming from your very being, your soul. You feel almost on the cusp of a possibility, of a potential. There's something coming to the surface. The last line reads, We bear our fangs in rhyme like hounds on the hunt. We bear our fangs in rhyme like wolves on the hunt. But Cobra got lost halfway through and then like has to repeat it. That's fine. As you all speak those final words, that potential seems to be cracking and shatters. And it's not like it hurts, but you just feel this overflow. It's almost like someone has now magically unlocked your potential, but not enough where it would essentially tear you asunder as you can feel yourselves transforming physically, emotionally, mentally, and magically. As you hear Odiessa, her eyes you see are now this beautiful wisp of starlight as you see the energy irradiating from them. And you see that she proclaims, and for the first time you hear her speak, and what a hunt it shall be. And with that, you hear a massive roar as you can feel this energy flowing through you, crackling and giving you new life. And then suddenly there is a flash of white. You all are have taken your hands off of these, sil- these plates of metal, and you all are kind of on the ground gasping for a bit of breath. But you all feel changed. You all look and you feel faster, stronger. And as you all come to your feet, you see in beautiful letters with a seal of a three-headed dog in the center. Bureau of Occultic Observations. On the top and underneath it reads, Hounds Division. And you see Odiessa takes a polite bow and steps back into the shadows, and you see Lucan and Yasen stand center point. And Lucan speaks, Congratulations, Squadron 85. You have earned it. Welcome officially to your first job as junior agents of the Bureau of Occultic Observations. And that is where we're going to end tonight's session. Awesome. So the awesome thing about this is too, is it has a lot of fun things at play. So number one, you all finally ding. You all are officially level two. Yay. Yay. As well as you all get something fun. Pancakes? Uh, something like that. But with all of that being said, 
that is going to take us for the season one, honestly, like the season one mid-season finale. So, yeah, congratulations, y'all. You are now officially junior agents. Awesome. But we ended the mission the same way we, when we tried to record the podcast. We ended the first mission with David's character dead. <laughs> that is very true. So, yep. with all of that being said, if you all like and love what you hear, always go out and show us some love on our Instagram as well as our Twitter at Agents of Boo, as we're always going to be releasing these uh, every Saturday at 12. I know, especially because this is going to be our mid-season finale, so to speak. This will be released, and then we'll kind of have a little bit of a break, maybe about like a three to four week, depending. But as always, you can always follow me at Corrado Vermil, both my Instagram and my Tumblr, as well as for King Dapper Wombat on my Twitter. With all that being said, I guess before we head out, does anybody have anything to plug? Everybody can follow me at strange underscore enigma on instagram and on twitter i am an urban nomad all one word on instagram i am emmet.s.art and that's emmet as e-m-m-e-t-t two e's two m's two t's uh, don't post super often but you're welcome to follow you can follow me at Davis underscore Solis underscore 27 on Instagram. Also following my other pages, Orlight Performance, and checking out my website at orlightperformance.com for wonderful sports clothing. Right. Then I guess, like I said, this is a little bit I longer. I think we're missing one. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're. I think we're missing one. I think it no, has something okay. to do with. Uh, no, 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 no. Because we never miss one. I was saving it. Oh, okay. You were saving what exactly? Pray tell, were you saving, Jared? I was saving PRW, Project Revolution Wrestling. You can find that on YouTube. We also have an Instagram. Search PRW or search Project Revolution Wrestling. And uh, I think we also have a Facebook page, but you can search all that if you guys ever want to see some really good wrestling content. Woohoo! Well, you have a chance to get hit with chairs? I, I have been hit with a chair once or twice. well then i suppose with all that being said once again i have been your lovely sadistic maniac danger dm and overall memeable guy for the night dapper wombat and i would like to say thank you once again for staying up and we have so many wonderful things in progress i'll float down here (laughs) (laughs) but for now it is time to say goodbye as our agents get into their final steps in their careers here on Tales of Adventure, Agents of... Ooh. Ooh. Final. Wait, wait, final steps. We just got hired. I was thinking of Good night, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> and we are...